The Productive Woman, Episode 171. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Welcome back and Happy New Year. Thank you for joining me for this first episode of 2018. In this episode, I'll be sharing with you my conversation with podcaster and financial advisor, Hillary Hendershot. You'll find more information about Hillary, along with links to resources she recommends and the various ways you can connect with her online in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 171. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. FreshBooks is an excellent online accounting software that I personally have been using for well over a year. And they're offering you, as a productive woman listener, a free 30-day all-access trial, which you can claim by visiting freshbooks.com slash woman. Now, I've got a quick question for all of you trailblazing freelancers. If you could reclaim up to 192 hours a year of your precious time, would you? Our friends at FreshBooks, who make ridiculously easy-to-use cloud accounting software for freelancers, are the architects behind this question, and for good reason. By simplifying tasks like invoicing, tracking expenses, and getting paid online, FreshBooks has drastically reduced the time it takes for over 5 million people, including me, to deal with their financial paperwork. And if that's not enough incentive, the FreshBooks platform has been rebuilt from the ground up. They have taken simplicity and speed to an entirely new level and added powerful new features. Oh, and if you're doing the math, 192 hours a year works out to two working days a month. Um, When tax time does roll around, you'll find tidy summaries in FreshBooks of your expense reports, your invoice details, your tax sales tax summaries, and a lot more. So if you're a freelancer listening to this and you're not using FreshBooks yet, now would be a great time to try it as we're kicking off a new business year. And as I said, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to the Productive Woman listeners. So just go to freshbooks.com slash woman and enter the Productive Woman in the How Did You Hear About Us section. And now let's get right into my conversation with Hillary Hendershot. I am really pleased to introduce to the Productive Woman listeners, Hillary Hendershot. Hillary is a financial advisor and a podcaster, and her mission is to motivate women and their loved ones to be financially empowered. She's also a mom and a busy woman just like the rest of us, and I've really been looking forward to talking with her about how she manages her busy life. So welcome, Hillary. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Well, I, this is this is fun. We're, we've turned the tables a little bit. You and I met, oh, God, I'm trying to think when it was, months and months ago. We sort of met online, and you graciously invited me to come and talk on your podcast. And um, now I'm excited to have you here. I mentioned a little bit, um, you know, you're a financial advisor, which, I, you know, I, kudos to you. I'm not a numbers person, so... <laughs> I'm always impressed by women who who understand those sorts of things. Tell us a little bit more about who you are, where you are, what you do. Sure, absolutely. And, you know, you were, I think, in my first 20 guests. I, I should have looked it up before we got on the air, but I launched Profit Boss Radio as a women's wealth mastermind, maybe, I think, February of six, 2016. And so it was great to have you on. And, yeah, thanks for turning the microphone around. It's fun to do the other side of things. And, you know, it's funny that you say you – and I'm going to paraphrase, but maybe you don't feel like you have a head for numbers or because that's exactly, um, that's exactly kind of who I serve is women who, um, maybe um, aren't interested in the traditional sort of male oriented wall street speak kind of money talk. And I have a lot of compassion for that. And I say, you know, I don't use wall street speak. I, I think that there are a lot of polysyllabic words uh, sort of thrown around to describe 
concepts that don't need to be that complex. So, um, I, and I've really sort of found a home serving people who, who, who don't want to be talked down to, but also want to build wealth. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So I run a traditional advisory firm, uh, based in San Jose, California. I have clients in, I think eight States at this point. And, um, I also run the profit boss radio podcast and, um, hosting a live event for women in San Jose in January of 2018, which will I know we'll talk a little bit about later. So, so you've got plenty of things going on. You also have a relatively new new child. You, you were telling me she's 18 months old. She is. Her name is Harlan Simone, and she is just absolutely adorable. And we, I was telling you in the pre-chat that I, I was pretty righteous about being a mom and I was going to have it work. And, you know, the reality is there there are real, very real bounds on your time unless you're just going to nanny the whole thing out. And so yeah. <laughs> the last 18 months have been a little bit of me fighting against reality, sometimes accepting, sometimes fighting. And then I think we've finally come up with some systems that work. <laughs> well, and we're going to talk about some of those systems that work for you. And and one of the things, um, uh, you know, this is a productivity podcast where we talk about how we as, as women and the men who listen as well, um, how we get the things done that are important to us, how we make a life that matters. And it's always, to me, very helpful and interesting to learn from other people what how they do that. But in order to, for it to make sense, to have some context for the kinds of things that you do to stay productive, it's useful to know maybe a little bit about what your life is like. So if there is such a thing, um, what, what would be a typical day for you? Mm -hmm. So I am up around 5am and because I, the first thing I need to do is eat because I work out in the morning and I need that food to be bioavailable to me. <laughs> uh, most people don't know it takes somewhere between 45 and 60 minutes for food to actually hit your system where it's actually giving you energy. So I try to eat right away. I get a little bit of coffee and me, get dressed, get to the gym. I, I CrossFit. So I work out from 545 to 645. I come home. And I don't have time to change or shower. My daughter gets up at seven. So I wash my hands really good after being at the gym. <laughs> and, um, and you know, then the next hour is with her. So she gets her bottle and her breakfast. It's fun to be with her. She's just recently started feeding the cats. This little 18 month old feeds the cats. She goes to the cupboard and gets the food out. I just, it's, I'm enamored of it. I know everybody <laughs> thinks their child is so amazing. Um, and, uh, the nanny shows up at eight. So that's when I shower and get ready. So now some days I will have my first meeting as a virtual meeting from home. Uh, most days I uh, actually commute into the office during that hour and and I time block. So Mondays are for creativity projects and podcast recording. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays are for client meetings. Wednesdays are for other projects. And then Fridays I have my team meetings and I have an accountability call and like that. And I'm I'm about... 80% reliable for that time blocking schedule. And it does help. And then kind of the linchpin that I have found that I needed is I need two other sections of time because our nanny is done at six. So either my husband and I have to be home at six. And for me, I get really productive when the email stops coming in. Mm. And so what I've found is that we need to get a babysitter or, or my husband will take over, uh, sort of be on baby duty for me one or two nights a week. And then if it's not two nights a week, then I take about four hours on a Saturday to just get projects done or do other things that I'm, that I'm committed to. Um, and that I have found has been the differentiator between sort of getting, getting, you know, if you have so many projects that aren't done, you really can't be present anyway. So here I am muddling my way through the weekend and I'm just really worried about things I said I would do for clients or for my team that aren't done. And that's no good. So I have to get, uh, I get to a place where I feel that my integrity is in. Uh, and, and the thing, another linchpin that I have found uh, helps me is that ritual at the end of the workday to close everything up, close all the applications, review what got done and make the list of what's going to get done tomorrow. Mm. That that adds a profound amount of peace of mind instead of uh, feeling like I'm always 
juggling spinning plates, um, that I'm able to put that away and be done with it. And then I did, I had to give up my Netflix at night. I (laughs) I was watching an hour or two in bed and it just doesn't, I I just can't do it anymore. (laughs) So I go, I'm usually in bed by nine or nine 30. So that's a typical day. (laughs) Yeah. I, I love the, you know, what you said about the, the sort of end of day ritual and whether you work in an office somewhere or whether you, it's something you just do at home, there's something very, um, uh, very therapeutic about doing that, L- reviewing the day, making the list of what needs to be done the next day. So you can just then close the door on it and relax instead of having this sort of nebulous feeling that there's stuff that's going to have to get Something done. Something that didn't yeah. get done. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and it, for me, it also helps because then, uh, you know, whatever that list is, I kind of take a, I eyeball it and we'll say, make a decision, at least a tentative one, about what I'm going to do first when I get sit down to work the next day um, so that I don't have to wander around the office kind of noodling on, well, what should I start with? That decision was made before I got there, and I can just jump right in and and start working. So love that. Yeah, that's right. I find there's a huge difference in quality of life if you start your day with your own task list versus starting your day, sorting through emails, looking for something to do. And, you know, every day I have to fight that because I want to go to the email inbox and start working on that stuff. But it's just completely different if I do it the other way around. Yeah, I it, it's funny I in researching some you know what other people have said for another episode that actually just got published about you know dealing with other people's expectations. A, a lot of people have said that email is just a mechanism for delivering other people's priorities to you. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I have a team that I communicate with and I have clients that need to hear from me responsiveness is a value add. So, I've heard that saying too, but you know, when you're in customer service, I mean, until mm-hmm. I'm only running the company and I don't ever see myself cleaving from client service cuz that's what I love. I love my clients. Um I will have to be responsive to email and that that's okay. And yeah. what I've done as a method and you know I'm I'm blessed to have built a business that's big enough to do this but I have an associate advisor so she's on email all the time so we have double coverage so I can get off email for 3 4 hours and be okay yeah very good well Hillary, every person's life is a little different. You've described a little bit of what your life is like. You obviously have given thought to the systems and and things that you're using um, to make the best use of your time. But um, everyone's life presents kind of different challenges as far as staying productive and getting those things done that really matter to them. What would you say are your biggest challenges when it comes to managing your life, your time, your energy, whatever? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so food, first of all, if I eat the way I'm given to eat, I I would be eating burritos all day. And that leaves me lethargic, slow, sleeping poorly and with a muffin top. So (laughs) I, I do pre-prep food often. So I have lean protein available to me, cruciferous vegetables like that. I have uh, you know, my little containers in the fridge at work here. And I I have just accepted, you know, for example, diabetes runs in my family. So I think there's an insulin thing and insulin is a huge, has a huge impact on you and your energy level. And so that I've just really discovered that um, working out four to five times a week and, and keeping um, healthy food available to me is uh, a huge differentiator. Um, and I, and I go through, I go through struggles. So there's weeks when I, even though I, I say I do that, I don't do it. And so I'm not a hundred percent, uh, you know, reliable. And then my, my pr- productivity definitely suffers. And also my, my relationship to myself, I, I start to feel bad about myself and that's sort of the double whammy. You just, I, for, I have to get out of that as fast as I can. And so I have accountability buddies and people in my life I can call and say, 
what did I did it again? I, so I declare this is over. I'm going to go have my chicken breast or my turkey and be done with this. Um, so that's the first thing. And then the second thing is really the planning fallacy, uh, when things take longer than I budgeted them for, for them to take. So for example, when I do solo podcast episodes, those can take a really long time to script. I recently, um, put pen to paper figuratively. It was actually keys to keyboard, uh, and scripted an episode that I titled the seven steps to wealth that had been in my mind for months and months and months. And it took me about 20 hours in total to write and record. I was not happy with my tone of voice in the first recording. I think I was tired. I was here in the office late. Um, so I re-recorded it and it, and, um, that just blew my productivity for the week out of the water. And I, that seems to happen relatively frequently. Like things just take longer than I want them to. I don't know if my budget time budgeting skill is just pie in the sky. Um, uh, but I find I'm often scrambling to make up lost time. So I would say those two yeah, are the I, worst. Yeah. I think that that's a challenge for a lot of us. We tend to maybe, uh, be a little too optimistic about, uh, how much we can get done in a given period of time or how long something is going to take. As you said, we, we think, oh, I can knock that out in, you know, 30 minutes. And then two and a half hours later, you're still not done uh, for whatever reason. And so that's a, uh, probably an ongoing challenge for a lot of us to have a realistic sense of how long it takes to do the things that we need to do uh, and how much time is available to us to get things done. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I've heard the saying things expand to fill the time you give them, and I think that's certainly true in in many cases and yet I'm I'm also plagued with the desire to do my best and put great work out there and so I'm not sure the answer. I'm not I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's something that I have certainly struggled with uh even with respect to this podcast because like you, I want to put really good work out there. I have, uh, I, I struggle with perfectionist tendencies in a lot of areas. And if I gave into those, there would be no productive woman podcast. Uh, and I've talked. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so, People don't, every time when someone says to me, oh, I love that episode of, Pro or I listened to that episode of Profit Boss Radio, I, I, I think, oh my gosh, what did they think? You know, I think yeah. about all the things that I knew were imperfect as I yeah. pressed, you know, go yeah. on that episode. And I think, okay, done is better than perfect. Mm -hmm. Done is better than perfect. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, you know, that's such a great lesson that we can all learn. You know, my approach, what I what I try to tell myself and the reason I can have this podcast and, and the various other things that I do is, this is what I can do now. I'll, I will commit to try to improve every time, but this is, this is what I can deliver today and be okay with that, knowing that in my heart, I am working towards improving, you know, incrementally, little by little as I go along. Yeah. Yeah, but exactly. I find my brain is always looking for a new system, a new plan. And so I find I spend hours rearranging my calendar, like time blocks and things like that. And I don't, I don't know the solution to that because I am always trying to make it work. And I get, I do get incrementally better. And, you know, sometimes my team is like, really, we have to rearrange Calendly again. <laughs> I said, <laughs> Yes, you do. <laughs> well, and and of course, you're at a stage of life where you, the best laid plans can, you know, be thrown out because of the needs of a child. Yeah, we haven't had too much of that. I think my husband has, you know, we're both very committed to, how do I say this? In order to own a home in Silicon Valley and pay a full-time nanny, you have to make a lot of money. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we know it's our accountability when we get up to go focus and be productive. And so I feel we have double systems to protect us. I haven't, for example, been called out of work or I had, there was one time we had a babysitter not show up and I had to rush home, but we are very clear with our caretakers. You know, we, we need communication, we need promptness, we need reliability. There's just no questions about that. My mother actually lives about three blocks from us, so mm. she can be a backup. So we try to have, um, 
systems of reliability. How do I say it? it, We have backup plans always. (laughs) And that that really helps. And I think that's wise advice, uh, certainly for people who are in the, you know, I'm fortunate right now, in one sense that I'm, I'm at a stage of life where I don't have small children in the house, but been there and done that. And and, yeah. um, you know, so, but depending on what your stage of life is, and if it's that you've got children who need care or pets who need care, or, you know, elderly parents who need care, a lot of times women have those elements to their life and having a backup and a backup for your backup is, is key. Finding those resources to help you, whether it's a full-time nanny that you like, you're able to do at this point in your life or family members nearby or whatever resources are available, seeking those out and, and accepting the help that's available so that you can do the things you need to do. One thing I've found very useful, first of all, I'm glad I didn't have to be a mother before care.com. I don't know since you, your your early motherhood years are in the past, if you know about this site, which is essentially like match.com for caretakers. Mm -hmm. I I have, and I use that site to meet babysitters. So we keep a qualified, I call them my stable of of sitters. Um, And I like to have two or three that I can call or text basically at the ready because, you know, there are times, oh, we need someone tonight. And so far I've always been able to get someone. And so uh, I just, whenever, for example, we've got one gal that's going to nursing school in Oklahoma in December. And so now I'm, I've got my ad up on care.com because I know I need three. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has been kind of the magic number for me. So um, that's another, I guess that's a system that has, I've found to be very valuable. Well, and it's interesting, just as a side note that you mentioned them, uh, Care.com is actually a, a, a new sponsor for the Productive Woman. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Not this episode. Maybe, maybe they should be a sponsor of Profit Boss Radio. I should look into that you because should, I'm a big customer. <laughs> you should definitely. Um, they're, it's not, they're not sponsoring this particular episode, but uh, they have... Uh, it's, it's So I've been introduced to their services. They, not, they don't just provide child care. They also do... Um, they have... Um, you know, caretakers for for your home. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually looking mm-hmm. at some. Yep, I'm actually looking at some options for some help with the house here. So anyway, and I placed an ad for someone to help me prep food too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so great tool there. So speaking of resources like that, are there other tools that you like or resources that you recommend for managing, whether it's your time, your, your, your space, your energy, what, what are the things you use and recommend for, um, keeping track of your life and and getting the Mm -hmm. things done that you need to? Yeah, I really thought about this. And I think even in this conversation, you've elicited some things I didn't think about as being systems. But uh, first of all, I really could not live without Evernote. Everything goes in Evernote. Um, I, For example, when you sent me your notes for this conversation, I spent some time looking at it and I put a note uh, to, for myself to go back to it, but I forwarded it. I have a contact in my Outlook contacts with my custom Evernote email address. And I go to the two line in my email client and I just type EEE because I have myself, that's the name of the contact in my Outlook. And so it goes EEE, it it auto fills my Evernote custom email address. You'll have to bear with me as I talk through this, but I do it all the time. So I just type EEE forward. And now that note is in my Evernote. And now I'm in the Uber on my way home, or I'm um, in the airport and I'm thinking about, you know, next week's calendar. I'm checking out the calendar and I see, oh, the productive woman. Great. Let me go to my Evernote. And I just type in Laura and I can review, you know, your, uh, what you asked me to be prepared with and kind of the conversations we were talking talking about having. And so um, I use Evernote for everything. Recipes, I'm about to host Thanksgiving. I've got all the recipes I used last year in Evernote. Um, I have my um, current projects list. So I follow a system inspired by The One Thing by Gary Keller. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you've talked about that before on the show, but essentially, you know, his assertion is you can't focus on a hundred things at once. Just do one and get it done. Uh, And so I have my current projects list in Evernote. And it was 
a revelation to me to when I, I uh, took a class called hmm, the step system. Uh, and I can't remember the names of the folks that put that, that class on, but they said the reason most to do lists fail is because people mix projects with actions Mm -hmm. and you should only have actions on your to-do list. You have projects on your projects list and they should be separate. And it was like, duh, of course. Right. Like here I am on my to-do list and it says, you know, make reservations for Friday night and perfect SEO on my website. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, you can't do those things in the same area of your brain, right? You need to actually sit down with a project like perfect SEO and break it down. What's the first step, the second step? Maybe you don't even know the third step. Maybe you need to do research like that. And that was a huge productivity uptick for me. So I keep projects, routines, and responsibilities in Evernote, and I keep my task list in Trello. And Trello's great because you have the web app, you have your uh, mobile app, and um, I keep lists of things that I'm doing now, lists of things that I'm not doing now. I basically am of the opinion that I need to get everything niggling out of my brain so that my brain can think about bigger projects. And so anytime I think of something, I just get it into Trello. And if I'm not doing it now, I just put it on a different list. And then once a week, I have a review, two hours that are scheduled in, um, in Outlook. And I go through, you know, my email folders, I go through my waiting list and email. So for example, if I send Laura a request to be on the Productive Woman podcast, and I CC myself, then it comes back to my inbox, and I put it in a waiting folder. And every Thursday, I review that. And I may not want to bother you every Thursday. I may wait till the next Thursday. Hey, you know, Laura's busy. She's being productive. She manages her time. Let me remind her, make make sure I'm top of mind um, that I'm, that I'm, wanting to contribute to her listeners. Or for example, that's how I follow up with prospective clients and okay. um, even uh, my employees who I make requests of, hey, we're working on this project. Give me this update by this time. Um, and we all have to manage our requests so that we follow up and they don't think it what, you know, it was something that didn't matter to me. So um, I start with my that guiding document, my current projects list, and I, I sort of get focused for the day. What do I want to accomplish? And then I take a look at Trello. And then I actually, I actually make a paper list. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the night before, I will make my list in Trello as I do my, my closing ceremonies kind of um, procedure. But then in the morning, I literally make a paper list. I have... Um, pads of binder paper that I go through, probably a pad a month because I just let myself write in everything down that I want to. Um, and I make sure that I take notes on the things that are important. So any conversation with a client or a prospective client, uh, I let my team document our team meetings, but then everything either goes in Evernote or into an email. So I make sure that everything's managed in a repetitive way. I also have... Um, I actually have a an assistant who organizes my email box, and that is something that has been surprisingly affordable, like maybe $150 a month for this person yeah. who comes in my box, email box twice a day, and she will organize um, client work, marketing work, and other. So when I get to my email inbox and I do open it up, I go straight to client work so that I don't have to worry that there's some client thing or request that I'm not seeing. And that would be a big problem before because I would have this emotional concern as I'm going through the 70 or so emails. And I basically would be sorting. And instead of completing those items, um, I would be looking, 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 sifting. And that's a terrible thing to do in your inbox. Um, so I make sure every day that client folder is at inbox zero. Um, now my email client itself is rarely at inbox zero, but it may be at inbox 60 or 70 and I'm cool with that. It's like, whatever. (laughs) Um, so that's basically, that's basically the task and organization system that I have found to be very helpful. And that, that, organizing document, I feel is really, really powerful because otherwise you have to remember from a macro perspective, what am I getting done right now? What am I accomplishing in my life? What is my goal? What is my, you know, smart, what is it? Specific measurable 
attainable, <laughs> <That thing. laughs> realistic, time realistic. bound. <laughs> what is my smart goal right now? And that, that guiding, I, I used to keep those in my brain and I would often forget them. Mm. And so I've found that just the simple, the simple act of checking in on the guiding document is, um, allows me to take big, big, important projects off really well. That's great. Um, so th- those are some great tools that you've mentioned, a good system to have in place. Obviously, you've given a lot of thought to that. And and uh, and I-, I think those sorts of things evolve over time and, and in different stages of your life. Uh, things work and then don't work, but it's it's good to be kind of thinking about what's working, what's not working, and how how you can make the best use of your time by using those tools, getting things out of out of your head. I think for anybody who has, especially somebody who wears multiple hats, and in a in a sense you do, you run a business that's all focused around wealth management for for women, um, for people in general, but women specifically. But you also within that, you've got client work, as you said, you've got marketing things you have to do, you have a podcast, and all that goes with that, you have a family, you have your personal interests in your health. And to try to carry all those little pieces around in your brain means you're, you're never really going to be functioning fully um, in terms of creative thinking and problem solving and, and all those that that important stuff that we need to do because you're just your brain is going to be busy just trying to remember stuff. Yes, I try not to force myself to remember. I try to keep my brain clear so I can think. Yeah. Um, and three other things I just thought of that I didn't mention. First of all, the act of scheduling days off and date nights and vacations has been transformational. Mm -hmm. So I was just running myself ragged, unhappy, up late nights, telling my husband we don't get to spend enough time together. And then he he, actually, he did it. He puts date nights and staycations on the calendar and it's been like, oh my God, this is wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, you know, I really don't take calls on my cell phone from numbers I don't recognize. I probably get five or seven a day. Unfortunately, when I first launched my business, my, I put my cell phone number on the web. It's long gone now, but the impacts are not. Um, So I really just don't answer calls if I don't know the number. Uh, And I turn all notifications off. Nothing dings, rings, buzzes, nothing. (laughs) So that's been helpful. And and it does sometimes mean that text messages come in and I don't see them for an hour, but what the heck? (laughs) Yeah. Well, those sorts of things, and those those are some of the things that I have done as well. Um, There are certain people who are on my VIP list that they're they get through that it it will buzz or ring depending on what I have my phone set on. Um, But anybody else, um, the fact is I'm not, I'm literally not a brain surgeon. Nobody is going to die if I don't answer a text immediately. Right. But my, my work is not going to get done if I'm constantly being interrupted by buzzing and ringing and, and dinging and all that sort of stuff. So that, I think that really is for anybody who wants to, um, to get, work done that's important to them, whether it's work that they're being paid to do by, by a client or just some project that's a project of their heart that they, that requires attention and focus. Um, either way, those sorts of actions are so important, I think, to, to, to turn off those interruptions and give yourself the, the, um, the time and the space you need to focus on the things that matter to you. Yeah. I mean, blocks of time now that I have a baby are absolutely precious. (laughs) You know, two hours of nothing scheduled is like, whoa. Yeah. (laughs) It's unheard of. How do, how does that happen? What a, what a treasure. (laughs) Well, well, I wanted to, to take advantage of the fact um, that I've got you on the microphone here and, um, and talk, See if maybe you could, I could pick your brain a little bit. As this episode is airing, we're just kicking off a new year. And so I wonder if you could maybe take a minute or two uh, to to offer any suggestions you might have for listeners. And this is whether they're entrepreneurs or employees or managing their own household finances or whatever. What are some things that maybe they could do now at the beginning of the year to sort of get their financial house in order and make this a really productive year financially? 
Sure. And I, I love that you wanted to ask this question. I think it's really timely because we know a lot of New Year's resolutions are financial resolutions. And depending on the resource you consult, something like 80 to 90% of, of New Year's resolutions go out the window in the first 60 days, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I love, so I would love to help uh, your listeners be um take on getting financially organized. If this is the year for you to do that, to start paying off debt or better yet building wealth and keep on track. So I thought we could talk just real briefly about the seven steps to wealth. Is that okay? Sure. All right, great. So I basically think that, as you can tell, I think in systems and I am someone, we haven't talked about this, but many years ago I was literally a certified financial planner, but by the way, I have a degree in economics. I literally have a head for numbers and I was uh, financially ruining myself. So I was an overspender. I had tens of thousands of dollars of credit card debt and I kind of came to the, the quote unquote bottom of the, my barrel, it got as bad as I was going to let it get. And I pulled myself up by my bootstraps and said, it is not going to go this way for me. And so now at this point, I've paid off the debt. I've rebuilt my, my, you know, savings accounts and my business, I, I could easily sell for seven, multiple seven figures. So I'm proud of what I've accomplished, but I tell you that story so that your listeners can hear, you know, anything is possible. And I share the systems that I've been using to um, keep myself uh, in the black, as it were, and that I've been coaching clients on. So the first thing I really, 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 many people that I meet really have not decided to to build wealth, have not decided that their first financial priority is to um, is to become financially free. They're sort of, sort of muddling around and, well, but I'm a starving artist or, or something like that. So it's really mindset. And uh, I talk a lot about kind of your money operating system. So where are you mentally and have you really put a stake in the ground and said, look, I'm going to do whatever it takes to become financially free or to be free of financial concerns. And a lot of times, unfortunately, that means spending less. Mm. <laughs> um And the second step is plan. So you really do need a wealth plan and probably you've done some planning around your financial New Year's resolution, but literally writing down how much are you going to save or how much are you going to target towards your debt every month? And then um, the third step is speak. So talking about how you talk about money, for example, do you say things like, I can't afford that, which subconsciously communicates that you are less powerful than money, right? Mm -hmm. So just a quick rephrase on I can't afford that would be, um, let's see how I can work that into the budget or how I can make that happen. Or if you're not going to buy it, just say, I'm not going to put that in my spending plan. That's totally empowered, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's just a little reframe. And then the fourth step is ask. So you want to always be making bigger and bigger requests of the world. And that can mean negotiating for a car, asking for a raise, but it can also mean looking for new skill sets to make you more valuable in the marketplace and, you know, growing your business. So it's really about growing the size of your life and your value and your financial life. And the fifth step is earn. And that means taking inspired action to bring income and assets into your financial ecosystem. I think people get, um, they get uh, scarcity thinking, thinking that it's it's what it's hard to make money or there's not a lot out there. I mean, really, wealth is infinite. They're not not making more money, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's not a zero sum game. So there's plenty out there for you. The sixth, and this is really, really key for women, is invest. So what we know about women is that we're saving more money, we're making more of the financial decisions, but we're also not engaging with the stock market or investments to earn compound wealth. And the truth is, unless you have more money than you need, investing really is critical to your financial future. And so I teach really simple ways to understand the stock market, and I often tell um, kind of the real evidence-based history of the stock market such that women are really surprised. Oh, you mean it's not like the media makes it seem? It's not dangerous. It's not risky. And it's not if you know how to interact with it, right? The key is to buy buy, buy low and sell high. <laughs> but unfortunately, most people don't accomplish that. And the seventh and final step is is protect. So you really, and 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 for example, we've all heard of lottery winners who make tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars only to squander it all and end up, end up worse than they were before. And, um, 
And, and those are folks who don't engage in the step of protecting. So you have to use habits and products to limit and transfer risk to protect what you've built. So this includes um, insurance policies, you, you know, umbrella policies, life insurance, and estate plan, uh, as well as making sure that you're not overspending, you know, what you've, what you've saved. So those are the seven steps to wealth. And uh, I, 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 I hope you find it useful and inspiring and, and get you motivated as you look at your financial New Year's resolution or taking on your money in 2018. That's great. That's so helpful. And I know you have lots more resources on your website. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but I, I think, you know, the bottom line there is as as 2018 is beginning, as, as we all sit here right now, whoever's listening and uh, that that there are things you can do to to deal with money. It doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be um, overwhelming. And uh, that that women can be empowered to to manage those sorts of things and to take the steps necessary to to be financially secure and not financially fearful, I guess. So I appreciate you sharing those things. Um, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Is it is about fear, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. um, how can we how can we move past fear and act with courage? Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I mean, just in listening to you in the the few minutes that you've talked about that, I've I find myself feeling a little inspired. I've I've often jokingly said that as a well educated professional woman, I. Um, let my husband take care of all that stuff because I don't, you know, I'm not a, a numbers person. I don't want to think about it. And he's, fortunately, we've been married a long time and I literally would trust the man with my life. So I certainly would trust him with my money. But uh, but he comes and tells me various things and I'm, I kind of, you know, say, talk to the hand. I don't want to think about it. And you've, <laughs> you've really, you've really kind of inspired me to rethink that. So that's maybe going to be a, a step for me or a resolution, so to speak, for 2018 to, um, let my husband tell me what we're doing with our money and and be, be a more active participant in that. I'm glad to hear that. So, so let, let's get back to productivity then. I mean, and I think money is, is part of that. So I don't think that was a sidetrack. I think it's very, a very important element of our ability to make a life that matters, which is what we talk about on this show. Um, but, and so that's a component that you bring to the discussion. We talk, we've talked during this episode as we're kind of winding down here. Um, we've talked about the various things that you do. You have a lot of, of systems in place. You have tools that you've researched and found that work for you. You have a plan for how your days go and how you manage the various uh, commitments you've made. But even with all those systems in place and with all those tools you use and all those intentions that you've set. Do you ever have a day when it all gets away from you or you get stressed out and overwhelmed? And if so, what do you do to get back on track? Of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> and it's usually self-inflicted. Yeah. And that means if I start to think, uh, I blew it. I failed. I'm not good enough. I'm not big enough. I'm not the one. If I start to have that kind of thought process, it can turn into a spiral. And if that combines with anything that goes wrong in the real world, like I get pulled over or, you know, I, I don't know, the wash machine breaks or something like that. I, there, there are probably one day a year where I just say, I'm pulling up, putting up the white flag. I'm done. Today's I'm not like I quit. I'm canceling the rest of my meetings. Mm -hmm. I'm going to sit at home. I'm going to watch a movie. I'm going to go to bed. And that's just a reset. So that's maybe once a year. Now, the rest of the times when it happens, maybe once a month, um, I have, you know, I said to you before, I have an accountability buddy. I also have a, a small number of friends and biz, business owners that I know that I could call and I could say, look, at, I just need to get clear. I just need to say what's happening in my brain and I need, I need some support here. And they're usually able to provide that inspirational voice that they let me say what's happening and say, okay, are you done with that? Are you ready to create something new? And I say, yes, I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, business ownership really is a mental game. And so I go to a lot of lengths to keep my mindset empowered. And, you know, you can tell I'm 
it's not naturally that way and not always. Um, so I, I definitely keep those resources around me. Um, uh, let's see if I were, yeah, I mean, really look, for most people, our brains are kind of a dangerous place to be. Don't go there alone. <laughs> so I think the best the best thing to do is get out of your head is to say is to phone a friend is to say this is what's happening. Now it has to be you know someone with the right mindset and the right skill set and the right training. But um, you know when you say to someone, I, I I'm I'm just really being for myself that I'm insufficient today, and they can go what kind of crazy talk is that? And how long are you going to let that go on? And it, it's like, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Thank you. So I find that having that mastermind of supporters around me is critical. Yeah. It's so interesting. I've, I just uh, recorded an episode about uh, where I kind of uh, um, summarize some of the lessons I've learned from reading uh, s several books written by Brene Brown. And she, one of the things that has really resonated with me from her teaching is this, this, the way we tell stories to our, ourselves, the, that we are wired for story. And when things happen in our lives, whether it's something somebody else said or did, or something that we've you know, a mistake we've made or whatever, we tell ourselves stories about those that may or may not be true. And to have someone in your life that you can go to and say, this is the story, this is what happened. And this is what I'm making it mean. This is the story I've told myself about what happened today. Um, is that story true? And they can, I love the way you said it, you know, that's crazy talk. How long are you going to listen to that story? Is there a different, yeah. yeah. Can you tell yourself a different We're all basically yeah. a little bit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's absolutely right. I love that. So, so Hillary, what is on the horizon for you? You've got lots of things going on, but I know you've got a live event coming up pretty soon. Tell us about that I a little do. bit. I do. Thank you. So Profit Boss Live will be in San Jose on uh, Friday, January 19th. It is a one-day intimate workshop. It's for women, and we are essentially going to spend the day reviewing and contemplating and internalizing the seven steps to wealth. So in my opinion, if you master the seven steps to wealth, you can not only build wealth, but keep it in your life. And so I'm going to both teach and give you an opportunity to mastermind with the women around you. I'm selling only 65 tickets to this event. So like I said, very, very intimate, five or six women at your table with you. I'll teach a little. You'll have the opportunity to really look at your own financial life and uh, create some action items, create a, a legitimate wealth plan that you'll leave with. And you can find out more about Profit Boss Live at ProfitBossLive.com. And, um, and so I hope you'll join us for that. And I also host Profit Boss Radio. If you, know, if you have room in your podcast lineup, you just click over anywhere you find your podcast for, uh, and look for Profit Boss. I'd love to have you there as well. Well, that's great. So you've given us a couple of re uh, links that we can go to. Generally, where can people connect with you online? If they want to learn uh, more about what you do, maybe maybe reach out to you for some, you know, some help with managing their financial future. Uh, where's the best people place for people to find you? I mean, my basic real estate is HillaryHendershot.com. And Hillary has one L and Hendershot is phonetic and it has two T's. <laughs> okay. And I'll have links to all those, uh, all these things in the show notes to where folks can find you uh, and uh, about your Profit Bot Boss Live event in case folks want to sign up for that and uh, make sure that they can connect with you as they wish. So, Thank you. So before we go... Let me let me just ask this. You've you've shared so much good inspirational thought uh, in this, but do you have any last words for the listener who might be looking for some help in getting things done and and making a life that matters? Any last thoughts for her or him? Um. So my basic message is is so I do numbers under the line and but who I am and my message above the line is one of empowerment one of anything is possible and you know I want you to know that wherever you are you're not alone that I've I've had the occasion to see the inner workings of 
literally hundreds, maybe thousands of people's financial lives. And there's nothing new under the sun. There's, uh, we tend to, that society doesn't know how your life is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There are these public archetypes and almost no one matches them perfectly, but that whatever's going on, it's surmountable. Money is a skill set, just like anything else, just like diet or fitness or productivity and, and, and it can be learned and it can be mastered. And, and the first step is really deciding. So if you're out there wondering, can it be, can it be, can it really be for me? My, uh, my, my last message is yes, it can. And if you want to find out more, check me out at hillaryhendershot.com. Thank you so much, Hillary. That's a, a great way to end the conversation. Thank you for being Thank here. Thank you. I am so thankful to Hillary for taking the time to share her thoughts on how she manages her busy life, but also for her great suggestions and encouraging words for the rest of us, especially those tips on getting our finances in order for this new year. But what do you think? Do you have any questions for Hillary or for me? Uh, Anything that we talked about that spurred some ideas for you or some questions? Uh, I would love to hear from you, and I know Hillary would as well. You can share your questions or thoughts in the comments section of the show notes for this episode, which you'll find at theproductivewoman.com slash 171, or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page, or if you're a member of the Productive Woman community, Community Facebook group. And if you're not, and you're a woman who listens to this show, you should be. Um, you can post your comments or questions right there in the group and we can have a conversation there. If you want to share your thoughts with me privately, as always, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I would love to hear from you. Getting back to the Facebook group, if you haven't already done so, do please join me in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. This is a private group on Facebook where we can meet up and interact more, directly ask questions, share information, insights, and encouragement, basically talk about productivity. This is a place where any woman who listens to the Productive Woman podcast is welcome You can find the group on Facebook and click the join button or just go to theproductivewoman.com slash group and click that join button and I'd be happy to welcome you. Love to see you there. Um, Don't forget to check out our sponsor, FreshBooks. Remember, they're offering that 30-day unrestricted free trial to Productive Woman listeners. Just go to freshbooks.com slash woman to learn more about it and sign up and be sure to enter the productive woman in their how did you hear about us section and thanks so much to fresh books for supporting the productive woman and that's it for this episode of the productive woman i'm excited about what this year is going to bring and so i appreciate you spending this time with me and with hillary to kick off the year i hope you found something in this episode that's helpful to you I look forward to hearing from you and to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.